Hey, this is Thinking and Drinking. I'm your host, Bart Almond. Over the last 30 years or so, I've worked for major record companies, working with major artists such as Alabama, the Dixie Chicks, and Florida Georgia Line. I've also been writing songs for the past 15 years, have over 50 cuts, two number ones, and made a lot of friends along the way. I'm going to be talking to some of those friends about songs, life on the road, and just life in general. I hope you have as much fun as I will. Chad Allison and I have known each other for over six years. He's been driving entertainment coaches, or as most people might know them, tour buses. I met him when we were both on the road with Florida Georgia Line, and he's since written a new book about how to get into the entertainment coach driving business called Between the Mayonnaise and the Mustard. It's great, it's a quick read, and we're going to talk about it. Here's my buddy, Chad Allison. Chad Allison, driver to the stars. Welcome to Thinking and Drinking. How are you, brother? Thank you, Bart. I'm great. How about yourself? Ah, man. Good. It's so good to see you. You're sitting in front of a three-masted schooner there, looking like the Florida pirate that you are. <laughs> well, you told me to come dress as a pirate, so I figured I that was the best I could do. <laughs> you don't have a parrot on your shoulder or anything. No. <laughs> He's already in bed for the night. <laughs> right, right. So. So we hey, you know, any- fun fun fact about pirates. So I will say this. So you know why they wore the eye patch on one eye? Oh, it no, was no, a dis- it, no, it was a distance thing, right? Uh, I think it was for so they navigated by the stars, so right. celestial navigation. Well, so they had one that was covered up during the daylight. Then they had they would switch the patch at night, and then that way they could <laughs> see the stars better. I'm not, somebody told me that. I think Google told me that. I don't know, <laughs> but it sounded good. No, it doesn't sound really good. So. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I love that. So where were you born, man? Born in Orlando, Florida. Orlando, Uh, okay. Yep, yep. Born and raised in Orlando, Florida. Lived all my life here in uh, Orlando. I moved over to Cocoa Beach. Lived on the west coast of Florida for a bit. and um, But always been a resident here in, in the state of Florida. Awesome. Well, I've known you six or seven years. I mean, seven, seven years. Okay. And I was lucky enough to be on one of your or two of your entertainment coaches. And I loved best part of my day, man, was at the end of the night, I'd hop up there in that jump seat and just sit with you. And sometimes we would talk and sometimes we wouldn't talk. And, and it was awesome, man. You're such great company. I hope I was good company. But how did you get into driving entertainment coaches? So I guess you could say I, <clears throat> I'd always admired it from afar. And okay. I always thought, man, that'd be really cool to do it. So I met a couple of guys that had driven buses for, you know, other artists, other entertainers, other, you know, uh, other folks of influence. And I was talking to them and they said, you know, it's really a boys club and you have to know somebody to get in. They said, I said, well, I know you now. I mean, can't you get me a seat? They said, <laughs> I can point you in the right direction and you have to go do, you have to go get, you have to go get that seat. You have to right. do the interviews. You have to do all that stuff. So at one point um, I was in marketing and I was traveling around doing mobile marketing. And uh, after a while I had kind of priced myself out of the business. And so once I had priced myself so high, I took a bunch of time off and said, you know, hey, now's a good opportunity for me to go try to find a seat. I'll be available. I have I have all the credentials that I think I need. 
and I'll take whatever comes my way. I can, I can manage for a while. And so that's what I did. I started hitting up uh, whatever bus company I could find. And I kept a spreadsheet of who I talked to, what time, I mean, all the details that I needed. And whenever I called back, I knew who I was talking to. I knew about their kid's soccer game. I knew about whatever, whatever it was that was important to them. Yeah. And uh, that got my foot into the door at several places. Finally, I had one of the guys call me back. I spent about two hours on the phone with him. And he said, uh, be in Leesburg on Friday, whatever it was. And uh, we'll send you out on your first tour. And so sure enough, <laughs> I um, Gosh. got up I got up to Leesburg. We went to Canada to pick up, uh, pick up the band. And I was on my own. That was, uh, I had Ollie Murs, a uh, gentleman from over in Europe. Uh, he was touring with One Direction. So One Direction was my first my first wow. tour. That's not bad. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good deal. So you've written this awesome book, as I mentioned in the, in the intro, it's between the mayonnaise and mustard, a look inside the entertainment coach industry. And dude, I mean, it's a very technical instructional book, but I freaking read it in like 30 minutes. It's, it's so much fun. And I just kept, and of course I know you, so it was that much more fun, but Man, I just, I, I can't believe all the information you packed in this book. And how long did it take you to write the book? So I took about six months to write it. And to be honest, I had probably, so I think the book is seven, uh, 17,000 words, 17,500, uh, something like that. And I probably had 24 to 32,000 words that I actually put down that I thought was good enough <laughs> to actually make the book. And so I had uh, had some folks come in and help me out uh, editing, uh, rearranging some things so that it flowed a little bit better. And they they wielded it down to 17, uh, 17,000 words, which I was fine with because I, I really yeah. got rid of all the rest of it and just put the good stuff in there. No, it's very and, succinct and to the point and And it's great, man. Yeah, there was a bunch of there was a bunch of stuff I wanted to cover, and a lot of it. Uh, one of the couple of the things that we didn't get to, or I didn't get to, was uh, about all the books that I was able to listen to whenever I was driving. Instead of listening to music, I mean, I'd enjoy music every now and then, but listening to books, taking that time while I'm moving down the road, yeah. and uh, and and using that to better myself, educate myself, because I had, I mean, I had. I have big artists. I have people that are doing big things behind me that I'm trying to get to sleep and still, (laughs) you know, I'm trying to make sure that I'm catching up to them or staying up with them. And so it was, it was, uh, that was one of the things I wish I would have covered in the book, but uh, maybe on the, you know, maybe the re the revisited edition, I guess. Dude, I just, I always loved getting up early and going to breakfast with the drivers because it was always like, dude, did you see that car that was on fire last <laughs> night? Or which one of you knuckleheads hit that deer, man? That was thing was all over the road. And it was just unbelievable. What's the craziest thing you ever saw at, at night? So I will say we were traveling Canada. Uh, it had been snowing uh, all evening. And so I had my, uh, my video camera running. And so anyways, cruising down through the cruising down through the lane, and the right lane is, um, it, it, it's, it's already been plowed. The left lane has not been plowed yet. So we're cruising through there and this 18 wheelers coming up with 
two uh, 53-foot trailers behind it. Once that thing gets up to where it's just in front of me, it wipes me out. So I cannot see a single thing. I'm standing up, looking straight down, trying to find a dotted white line or a solid yellow line going down the road. I move over, and one of the tricks you can do is, so you know where you are on the road, is move over just a little bit so you start hitting the rumble strips. Yeah. So I stayed on the rumble strips for probably 10 or 15 seconds until I could see again. And I still have the video on my phone. <laughs> it's funny because the, the guy that was trying to, uh, or the guy that I was hauling, uh, he, was, he saw that camera. He's like, man, I'd like to see what's on there. I said, I, said, I bet you would, but I promise you, you don't want to because you won't sleep ever again. <laughs> I can show you a bunch of stuff, but you won't go to sleep. And so he's like, "Ooh, yeah, good point. I'll, I'll leave that. I'll leave that for another day." Well, so, so so what's the difference between like a crew bus, a band bus, and a star bus as far as your job is concerned? Is there any difference at all? So yes, a crew bus. Uh, a crew bus, a lot of times you'll have, uh, like in my case, I always had a great crew. And so you usually had one guy on there that would clean the bus. So I'd come in behind him in the mornings and just, you know, kind of tidy up, kind yeah. of make everything look a little bit, uh, a little bit more sharp, I guess. Uh, it usually has 12 bunks versus a lot of times a band bus will have eight bunks and, or excuse me. Yeah, eight bunks. And then if you have um, a star bus, it only has the one the one bedroom in the back. Right. Uh, the rear the, lounge the, is a bit is just one bedroom. Yes. Yeah. Now a crew of. bus, I mean, you turn it, you know, you you basically you pull up, pull into your spot, and then you go to catering, wait for them to get up, you clean it. And then off the hotel you go. Now the band bus, a little more intricate. You know, there's a little more detailed cleaning involved. You deal with a few personalities, so you want to make sure you keep everybody happy. Uh, so there's a little bit more, a little bit more work, a little, little more attention paid. I know some of those uh, so personalities that you've dealt with. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, they're all great guys. You've had some of them on this podcast. So then uh, on a star bus, so typically. Uh, so in my case, I would go right when we get there, I'd grab whatever I need for the morning, get off the bus, let them sleep right. and check Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, something like that to watch for a post. If I see a post, I know he's up. So then I can go, you know, I can go on, oh, knock wow. on the door, go back, okay. go back there. And, uh, now I got that. I got that tip from Troy Johnson tracker. Okay. The tracker, guys man. Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, so anyways, once he would get up, then I would go knock on the door and say, hey, do you need anything? Uh, can I tidy up for you or what have you? Most yeah. of the time he was like, no, you're fine. Go ahead. So, but now uh, it was the dynamic of crew, band, and artist is something that everybody should, should experience. And it's, yeah. it's, it's three of the same jobs, but three completely different jobs. Yeah. So, so yeah. But, yeah, there's a, there's a, uh, I don't know what I want to call it, but there's a there's a big differential in in egos and neediness and and every, I mean I've I mean I, shoot man I've been I don't know how many years I've been on the road I've I've loved almost everybody I've ever worked with, but you're oh, right yeah. I mean your job is half half driver half psychiatrist and, you know, do, oh yeah you know, do these guys yeah. like Doritos or do they like Tostitos and and that can be yeah. a deal breaker right there man so exactly yeah. exactly well I mean and you go to some of them. 
no red solo cups whatsoever. <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, yes. blue or pink or whatever color, Black, but just no red. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no red. <laughs> yeah. So. You've got so much responsibility on the road. I mean, not that you're not just a horribly responsible guy, but does it ever get kind of overwhelming knowing that if you freaking take your eyes off the road for four seconds, I mean, there's 11 guys in the back that you're responsible. I mean, does that just get overwhelming sometimes? It, it never leaves, it never leaves your, it never leaves the front of my mind whenever, whenever I was driving, if I focus on it, I'm not, I'm not being, I guess, true to myself, if you want to call it that. Sure. But I'm not, I'm not paying attention to the things I need to pay to pay attention to if I'm focusing just on that. Right. Now, you have multi-million dollar acts. You have, you know, if something were to happen, you, you know, that's, you're, you're talking another 80 people that are going to be out of a job. Right. Or, and that's a massive responsibility. It's not just the lives that you have behind you. Yeah, it's everybody that's else that's doing the, doing the job. So it is front of mind, but it doesn't, it doesn't live there. So I have to be able to yeah. rely on what I know, what I have, uh, what I've seen in the past, how I've reacted to it and make sure that my judgments, you know, yeah. I'm super risk of, I mean, risk averse whenever it comes to driving a bus, sure. I always took it as everybody else is in a rush except for me. Yeah. So, and I was told one time by, uh, one of the guys I was driving, uh, the party doesn't start till I get there. So don't worry about it. <laughs> when we get there, that's when the party starts. That's and I was like, right. you man. yeah, no worries. I mean, that took, that took a lot of pressure off me. That's and, awesome, uh, man. It was, it was a great way to just, I mean, it was, it was just a small little thing that he said, but yeah. it, was, it was something that had a major impact on it. Yes. Dude, I've seen a tour manager get bucked all the way out of a condo bunk in an older Prevost, and we figured out that the driver was going over a hundred miles an hour. Ooh. And because, well, because of stupid stuff, but you're exactly right. We would always, I'd rather be 15 minutes late than not there at all. Plus yeah. man, as a driver, I mean, these buses are freaking million dollar buses. It's like, you don't want to put a bug on the windshield, let alone wreck one. Absolutely. absolutely. I don't <laughs> think it's any secret in the, uh, in the industry. So if you do tear up a fender or a bay door, or something like that. It does come out of your pocket. Oh. I mean, it comes out of my pocket. And I, I, uh, I remember one time we were Jackson, Jackson, Tennessee. There's a pilot there with the Wendy's. We had just come from an award show and I had all the crew guys on and uh, pulled in cause they wanted something to eat. So we pulled into the Wendy's. I walked around the bus, saw the big bright yellow, pylon that had the telephone or that had the uh, had the light pole going up and i turned right into it when we started i had i probably had three and a half pounds of pressure on the wheel uh, or on the on the brake i needed five pounds to completely stop us and uh man i was just like all right where's that thing at where's it at where's it at and then boom it, i mean and we didn't hit it going more than two miles an hour and uh yeah it was it was I spent a lot of days in the shop to make sure that I, I covered my, you know, my debt to, to the company. So, but one of the things you also talk about in the book is drugs and booze do not mix with driving, but with just a curtain between you and the, and the main front lounge of the bus. I mean, if, if, 
and I'm not naming names, of course, but if somebody's smoking too much weed, you got to smell that or be, I mean, do you ever tell somebody, Hey, can you do that in the back? Because I can, I, I don't need to smell it up here or anything like that. I never, everybody I always traveled with was very courteous and okay, cool. I never, I never had to, it never got to that point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I didn't really ask questions for what they did back there. Sure. Just don't let it affect, just don't let it affect me yeah. up here and, uh, don't let it affect us, you know, moving down the road, getting in trouble with the, with the law. <laughs> so, you know, you do what you do back there. I have no control, you know, yeah. you know, you're supposed to, <laughs> you're supposed to be responsible adults as well. So yeah, <laughs> so it never, but it never came to it on all the buses and I drove some, you know, some pretty wild bunches. Oh, and, uh, yeah. And I just, I never, it never came to that. So, which I was, I was, I guess I was ready for it. If it ever needed, if I never needed yeah. to step in, but, uh, I was, I mean, like I say in the book, you're, you're captain of the ship. You're the guy that's in charge of everybody moving forward. If it's right. not safe, you, I mean, it, the responsibility falls on you. Yeah. And that was, that was something that, uh, you kind of put your big boy pants on and Hey man, this is going to be a tough decision or a tough a, a tough conversation, but we're going to have it. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's never fun, but you also hope that the guys respect you enough to where it doesn't get to that point. Would now there also, was, go ahead, there I'm was sorry. one occasion, there was one occasion we were parked, uh, we were parked, uh, and so I got back to the bus and I opened the bus and a big waft of smoke comes out and I was like, all right, so we're supposed to leave at 10 30, but we're not leaving until about 12 o'clock. Twelve o'clock, and so the the lead singer got on there, got on the bus. He wasn't on the bus at the time. He got on there, straightened things out, and because uh, I also made him late to get back to what he needed to do for the oh, following yeah. day as well. So yeah, or that made him late. I didn't make him late, but but yeah. So he straightened it out for me. Man, I used to work with Aaron Tippin and his bus driver, who was with him for I don't know how many years. I used to do the same thing: sit up in the jump seat and. Watch the world come to us, which I always freaking love. And I said, what's the weirdest tour you ever been on? And he said, he drove a bus for uh, Black Sabbath for a whole tour. And he said, that that was pretty weird. <laughs> I said, like, okay. I, go, I said, I'm not even going to ask any stories. I said, what's the most boring tour you've ever driven? He said, I one time drove on a James Brown tour. My bus was nothing but his clothes. He said, so it was me and his clothes. He goes, I didn't talk to anybody for like four months. Not another living soul except to order a cheeseburger at the restaurant. Because it was so boring. You know, one of the, one of the, and I hate to like, I don't know, are we allowed to name drop here? I'll I'll pick them up later. But um, the guys from the Arctic Monkeys, Hmm. I thought, I was like, yeah, rock and roll. I mean, these guys would be cool. They'd be crazy. They'd be, you know, whatever it was. And they were, you know, they did their show. They came yep. back. They may have had one beer or, you know, a cup of coffee, whatever it was. They were in bed at 12 o'clock whenever I got back to go drive. Every night I was like, okay, this is going to be the night that I see, like, the place is just covered up. And there's no way to kick people off. And, uh, but no, it was, uh, they were uh, kindest guys that you would meet. But 
they were completely business and they understood that, you know, Hey, we're out here to, to have a good time, but we're also out here to, yeah. you know, fulfill duties and make money, you know, put on a show and then get back to the bus and go, yeah. you know, go on to the next one. So, <laughs> but they were, but they were amazing to work for. They were absolutely amazing. So yeah, <laughs> I'll were pick you, that name up now. <laughs> <laughs> were you talking your book about you have a really strict sleep regimen between two and 10 and you don't, that's your holy time. You, yes. You said in your book that you don't even lay down to read or watch TV. You only lay down to go to sleep. How do you deal with coming home with a, a marriage and a family? And I mean, how do you get your body back to staying up till eight o'clock or putting the kids to bed or going to the games or whatever? How do you get your body to, to twist on that? So my wife is, my wife is, Amazing. She allows me to have that, that, uh, like a day and a half of switch. Okay. And so I'll just push through. And, uh, yeah. so I may get back at, you know, two or three in the morning, uh, back down here to Orlando. Yeah. And whenever I get back here, she'll allow me, you know, sleep in, be up, and then maybe the next night go to bed late, get up early. That okay. way I start to fall back into that cycle. But that like track, to, going flying to Europe or something, you just got exactly. to force your body. Yeah, exactly. And once, once I'm back on this schedule, like the home schedule, then it's, yeah. it's, you know, I can push through it and uh, yeah, nobody, nobody gets screamed at or anything like that. But uh, I tell you that two to 10. So I was like, okay, what is my best? Like, what is my, like, where do I need to draw? draw the line. So yeah. I was like, all right, two o'clock that works. And then 10 o'clock that works. That seemed to be the best time for me not to be interrupted. And so occasionally you still get interrupted by a tour manager or what have you, which was yeah. fine. It was usually for something that was, but they also understand the importance of not interrupting yeah. before. Yeah. So, so yeah, so it worked out great. It's something that uh, like, even now, like our, you know, I don't lay down to watch TV. Yeah that's the biggest one for me, uh, reading books or listening to anything. I'm always sitting up. If I'm laying down, if I'm horizontal, I'm going to sleep. Yeah. And uh, then that way my body knows, Hey man, it's time to bed. It's time. And then, yeah, because your job is getting them down the road, but you're uh, like something that's just as important and as important is to make sure that you get your sleep. That's the biggest thing. That's one of the biggest things you can do on your job. Make oh, sure the dude. bus is clean, be on time. All that other stuff doesn't matter if you don't get any sleep. Yeah. So all that other stuff doesn't matter. So, man. So what have you been doing for the last year and a half? <laughs> I mean, so it was, uh, so at the beginning of the year, beginning of 2020, uh, so I had moved away from, I'd moved away from uh, the band that I've been with for the past six years. And we both know who they are. I, you remind me? Um, I've heard of them. Okay. Is they got a couple uh, of hits out there. What is it? Texas, Missouri line or something like that? No, wait, that's not it. Florida, something Georgia like line. That. There you go. <laughs> so uh, we had made a decision to, uh, I was going to go and pursue other artists and, and drive further, you know, just to have different experiences. Yeah. Uh, like just different experiences. And I had, I think I had filled my time with them. Uh, I was basically the last guy standing when it came to drivers yeah. And I was the last driver that it's kind of started out with them before their, uh, before their number one, their first number one uh, cruise with Nelly. And really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Back when they had one, they started with one bus and then they added two. I was one of the two. Okay. And uh, then I was a lot, then I was the last guy standing, but uh, 
But so I was like, all right, this will be a nice adventure. I'll figure something out. And uh, went out with uh, several different people. I, I had a chance. And here we go. And a name dropping again. And I'll pick them up later. I promise. I'll all right. All right. Up. Yeah. Cause I but, don't need uh, them on my poop deck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, DL Hughley and Cedric the Entertainer. One of the, like, that was a lot of fun, you know, touring around. I didn't have a very long tour with them, but it was, it was really cool. I got a chance to sit Love with, guys. uh, with Cedric and he, we sat from, uh, I think I was taking him to, um, Memphis and, uh, he came, he came up about Nashville. We were coming through Nashville. He came up and, uh, and so we sat there and talked for almost two and a half hours, almost <laughs> all the way to Memphis. And I mean, what other job can you have that you just sit there and talk to, you yeah. know, one of the most, most incredible or influential comedians in the last, you know, 40 <laughs> years. So, yeah. And it, then yeah. I told him, I said, I said, Hey man, uh, just know that I don't look at you. doesn't mean I'm not listening to you. I'm just focused on the road. Right. <laughs> and so he, he just said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a smart idea. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So, that's how I have I drive. And then I got, uh, I was fortunate enough, I got hooked up with um, Laura Trump on the Trump campaign. And, oh, wow. Yeah, so able to uh, work with the Secret Service, work with her, work with the the, the folks that were, um, other influential people that yeah. were on the campaign surrogates that were working for them. And I tell you, it was, it was, it was an, it was an honor to, you know, to work with somebody with that much integrity. Yeah. And then also the secret service, man, I cannot tell you every time I secret service was out. I mean, of course, I'm sure my blood pressure, my heart rate was way up, Yeah, but uh, the level of, uh, the level professionalism. of professionalism. Yes. And, yeah. n- n- but the attention to detail, the, yeah. everything that they had to offer. I mean, I learned so much from those guys Man, and it was a blast. Anytime I've ever been around secret service or anything like that, it's just, it, you're right. Your blood pressure's up, your heart rate's up. Cause you, you're like, I don't even want to take three breaths. What I'm only supposed to take two. I just, I'm, <laughs> I'm just being quiet. Yeah. It's those guys, man. That's, that's, I mean, you don't think about your job obviously is life and death or it can be those guys every day is life and death. And you don't even think about it, man. It's just, that's insane. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's, uh, some of the stuff I was talking to him about, you know, like was, uh, what happened? Cause you have a lead guy and what yeah. happens if you don't make it in the car with your, your principal and, he said, "Well, then I become I become part of the fighting force to defend off while they get away." And so I was like, "Wow, really?" So any one of it, like any one of them, is no bigger than the like. Yeah, there's no one position that's ahead of any other position. Yeah, exactly. Right. So yeah, it was super. Like uh, it was uh, it was really cool once in a lifetime experience to to get Man. that close and to be in the convoy of you know hard car and all that other stuff that was going yeah. on. It was really really cool. Yeah. So did you seriously have to take like a uh, an oath of secrecy or anything just because of what you might hear or anything like that or is it were they just I mean obviously the they were as wide open as they could be. Yeah. I tell you one of the interesting things i like that didn't sign anything. Uh, but one of the, one of the cool things was the person that you saw in front of the camera on yeah. whatever news station it was, was the same person that was behind the curtain right. whenever we were cruising down the road. Absolutely the same. And it goes for every single person that was on the bus that was yeah. out there. 
So, and I've worked for both sides of the aisle and, you know, I'll say the same thing about a lot of the other folks that I worked for on the other side. And, uh, you know, they all have what they feel is their, their best interest for the country. And so that's, that's the, uh, that's what they promote. So. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what are you hearing about, uh, about touring? I mean, what are you being told? What's that? it's it's starting to pick back up. One of the reasons I wrote the book is because I could see that there was going to be a driver shortage this year. I didn't think it would be this this soon. But one of the reasons wow. I wrote it is so that it could feel like they could catch somebody up to speed. Yeah. You know uh, how to you know how to act around you know high and high level people. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, it was. It's starting to come back. A lot of my friends, it's it's a lot of fun to see them back out, back out touring. And uh, yeah, it, you're starting to see um, like more and more buses starting to move. So the, the touring, but not just the touring on the music end, but also on, you know, the political side. Yeah. Uh, all of the comedians starting to tour as well. So, yeah. So it's it's looking up for for the touring industry. Man, I know there's already a couple of big rock tours of my friends that are already getting shut back down. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, somebody gets sick, they get sick, you know, that the only responsible thing you can do is shut her down. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, I, for the time being, I'm selling boat trailers <laughs> down here in nice. Florida and working with dealers. And uh, so I found a, a like a niche and uh, yeah. a way to approach. And so, yeah, it's been fun to stretch my legs, uh, you're selling always, something. You were always a boat so. guy, man. Oh yeah. 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 Well, I had, uh, we had that mastercraft. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that thing. Yeah. Then my wife and I had a bunch of fun on that. So yeah. And that mastercraft but, that's behind you there, the, the schooner there. I like. Oh that. yeah. That one for the inboard <laughs> with the well, sand on it. Yes. <laughs> It's got a Johnson 150 horse on it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Do you want to have time to do my lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. All right. This is just, I'm just throwing a question out there. First thing off the top of your head. All right. What's your favorite book? Uh, I would say mine, but I'm going to go with... Uh, <laughs> I mean, besides yours, yes. <laughs> Sorry. I can narrow it down to a couple real real quick. So Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek and then Start With Why by Simon Sinek as well. Those are two of the great, I mean, two of the greatest books I've read. Who's Simon so, Sinek? I don't know who that is. Uh, if you search for him on TED, uh, search for him on a TED talk. Okay. Yeah, you'll find him. Simon Sinek, uh, start with why. Find okay. your why. So I think oh, it's start wow. with why. I'm sorry. So, okay. Yeah. So, but he has another one, Leaders Eat Last. That's a, that's an amazing one. Interesting. So it, it really, it, it'll show you one of two things. Either you're doing it right or you need to change some things. Yeah. So. Well, you know me, and I never eat last. So <laughs> I'm just not even going to read that book. But it's probably a great book. <laughs> exactly. so are, you, are you a bath or a shower guy? I'm a shower guy. Nice. What's the last gift you gave someone? Oh, uh, my three-year-old. Well, he's about to be three. My three-year-old and I, we bought mom roses the other day. Oh, sweet. So, man. Yeah. yeah. Do you believe in Bigfoot? Uh I've traveled around with some people that do believe with him, do yeah. believe in him, <laughs> and would sit up in front with me to just see if they spotted him. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm, I have a feeling we would have already figured him out. But uh, yeah. who knows? Maybe, maybe there's something out there. Let's hope, <laughs> I guess. 
Of course, Florida's got creatures like Sasquatch or Bigfoot or something too. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. There's a lot of, hey man, there's a lot of area down there in Miami. We were in Miami last weekend watching Monster Jam and we were coming back up to Okeechobee and I was like, yeah, there probably is. I guess you could say, yeah, there probably is. There's yeah. a ton of land out there. <laughs> so <laughs> there's, there's room for anything to be out there. Absolutely. So what's the first concert you saw? How old were you? And did you get a t-shirt? Oh, it was probably Kenny G. It was Kenny G at the Orlando Convention Center. Okay. Uh, and I got to say, one of the most entertaining concerts I'm, that I've dude. seen. Yeah. And I did not get a t-shirt. He's also, uh, besides being a great musician, he's a great golfer. I don't know if you oh, know yeah. that. Well, <laughs> I need a part-time job. I'll take him out there. There you go. <laughs> take some of his money. <laughs> You'll have the most expensive <laughs> golf cart in the place. <laughs> What's the last movie you saw in a theater? Oh, that's going to have to be kids movie. Yeah. Probably. Uh, oh, I can't remember right now. Ba- Boss Baby 2. Nice. Yeah, that was if, a good movie. If money was no object, what boat would you buy? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's going to stump you. Yeah, that's a good one because uh, there's a lot of them out there that I like. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a couple of MTI and there's a, there's one called a midnight express. I like the midnight express. Those are, those are, uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh yeah, that's a dream. Boat. Is that like twin 700 horsepower cigarette um, boat kind of thing? No, it's uh like, so it's a center console with a cabin underneath and, okay. uh, it's got the high sides. It's, it's really, it's really sharp looking. I was down in Miami a couple of weeks ago and, uh, a guy had one out there and he asked me if I could, if we could build a trailer for it. I said, man, I don't, I don't think we're, <laughs> I don't think we got enough. So that's a, it was, I think it was a 50, 58 or 60 foot boat. Yeah. So, yeah. So what's your favorite song to, uh, sing along with when you're driving? Oh, right now, uh, the kids, we like A-OK or anything by Matthew West. We're really into Matthew West I right like now. Matthew West. Nice, nice. Yeah. I toured around with him for uh, almost a month and a half. And man, I did not realize like how uh, how amazing his music was. So yeah, yeah it was, it was yeah, I wish I would have understood that. Uh, he was in town a couple of weeks ago for a conference and I got the chance to meet up with his dad and him for oh, a couple cool. seconds. So yeah, it was really neat. Um, yeah, was, he's a he's a good soul, man. Oh yeah. So, uh, what would you be doing if you weren't being either a driver or a smash New York Times bestselling author? Oh, I would probably say like I was uh, for uh, many years. I played golf, and uh, right out of high school, and that's what that's kind of what I wanted to do for a long time. Really? Then yeah, man, I was going to. Uh, I was. I was bent on the PGA tour. I was ready. I was, uh, I started wow. about three years of mental game to, uh, to work up. So, but the, you know, I played with some really high level people, uh, and they, they all said, Hey man, your, your game's there. It's just not your mental game. And so, wow. so yeah, I had probably had about another three or four years. So, but now I don't play, I, uh, I don't play at all. <laughs> well, next time we see each other we're gonna go play because yeah. that's that's the only other hobby i have so that's awesome man so you know the funny thing about that i'll go and play and then i'll you know i'll probably scratch out 75 76 maybe a little bit lower <laughs> and then fair. i'll start thinking to myself i'll start thinking to myself hey man you could actually do this like yeah. you still got a few years before the senior tour you could actually pull this off <laughs> no 
I, and I go out the second time, shoot 150. <laughs> so so it, it pulls me back down. I, it's going to be hard I, to make the cut when your average is 95. Exactly. Exactly. So where can people find you? Where can people find this book? Between the mustard and must uh, between the mayonnaise and mustard. So it is on Amazon, okay. uh, and the physical copy is, and then they also have a Kindle version, and then you can find the audio version on uh, Audible and iTunes. Awesome. So as for me, my social media, I've I haven't been doing much of that, given the position that I had, and uh, so I yeah. just I never took to that. So, but I will give you one interesting fact. I don't know if I talked to you about this, but did you know that I had a company? It was B&A Carpet. They sell in the B&A Carpet socks. No. So I had, I was talking to another driver one night. He goes, he goes, I was like, Hey man, I just listened to this crazy podcast. They did these carpet socks out there in Portland. I was like, I wonder if anybody's done that at, at, uh, at B&A. Cause I knew B&A had their own, uh, they had their own Instagram. And so I was like, huh, I wonder if I could capitalize on that. Sure enough, I got parked and got figured out a way to put the carpet on socks, got a pair shipped to me. And I was like, Bobby Dern, all I got to do is just advertise this on Instagram. <laughs> and so I, yeah, before you know it, I had, I was sitting there with my wife and I had three orders by 10 o'clock and I was like, oh, this could be something. And then when I woke up the next morning, there was 20 orders on my phone. <laughs> so I was Holy like, oh, okay. So I just got the dragon by its tail. So now I got to sling him around for a second. So yeah, it was, uh, so then we had, uh, socks, mugs, uh, koozies, uh, I mean, you name it. And we had, we had all of it after I found Dang. out that it was a hit. So, and, uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, it was a good time. It was, it was my side hustle on bus driving. <laughs> <laughs> Well, man, I'm going to say goodbye, but please stick around so I, I can actually tell you goodbye. Absolutely. Chad Allison, thank you so much, man. This has been a blast. It's an interesting book. You're an interesting guy, and uh, I'm so thankful I know you, man. This has been a blast. Thank you. Likewise. I really do appreciate your time. I really do. I will talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Bye. See you.